Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the day after Christmas. There's a Tuesday, December 26th. We're, we're going to take it a little bit light this week and, and a little bit relaxed. And, and part of that is trying to get you find some love in your life uh, during the, the holidays. And at, more importantly, after that, sustainable, long term. Are you making a call, Elizabeth? Or are you okay? Yes, I'm here. Right. Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. Elizabeth Overstreet, our friend, joins us, a relationship expert, love strategist, to talk about finding love and maintaining love. And the audience loves you, and we love having you on. That's a lot of love, isn't it? That is a lot of love. I'm feeling it. I like it. Okay, you Good. I'm glad <laughs> I'm you're feeling it. it. Cause tell me about you and how you got started doing this. Oh, wow. So, you know, there's a saying that often you make your mess your ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And I was messy when wait, it wait, came. Wait, wait, uh, wait. I'd never heard that before. You make your mess your ministry. Yes. I need to write that should... down because Lord knows you I could. write that down? Yeah, I, I got to make my mess my ministry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, often the reason that somebody becomes good at doing something is because they were probably not so great at doing it, but they really started redirecting the way they did it, and they attempted and learned sometimes the hard way to, that it wasn't working out for the greater good. So they adjusted themselves. So I went through, you know, some heartbreaks. Uh, I made some bad uh, relationship decisions. I went through what I call my dating dark ages. Um, and I learned a lot through each of those situations and I learned to reframe it and regroup. And then I started figuring out what was more effective. So then I figured, you know, I don't want other people to have to go through that journey. If I can help them, you know, short, shortcut their learning or their journey to finding healthier relationships, it just it started to give me a great deal of, of purpose, and it was fun and, and rewarding work. To, it's fun and rewarding work to do. I, I love talking to you, and I think you're an amazing person, and I think that somehow, first of all, I think, and I'm not trying to proselytize here, but I think God has a plan for everybody, and I think I am doing here what I was put on this earth to do, what I was meant to do, and I think that it, it, it sounds to me like that's exactly what happened to you. Like you found I totally exactly, can relate to that. You, yes. yes or no? Yes, I can totally relate to that. I feel like this has been the most purpose-driven work um, I've been fortunate to, enough to do. I'm very humbled by it. I take it very seriously. Um, and just when you can see people prosper in their relationships, which is a big part of our life, right? You know, they always talk about when people pass away or if they're sick, the thing that they remember and the thing that keeps them going is them being a healthy, you know, having healthy relationships, having good social dynamics with people that they love and care about. So if I can help people towards that, it's just, it feels really good. It's great work. You work hard, but by the same token, it's effortless. Would that be accurate? 
That's true. It's that's, very intuitive. That's how mm-hmm. it is for me, too. It's very intuitive. It is. It looks easy. It's not, but it's just the way I'm wired up, and it's what I was wired to do. You and I share that? Yes, we do. And, and I, you know, and if you know, and, and I can totally relate to what you're saying, it's just like you can't stop being engaged in it because nope. it's just something you just love doing. I don't mind so it. it. I love it. It doesn't feel like work, even nope. when it's really hard or you're scared, like, well, I have all the answers here. Right. <laughs> Somehow you figure your way through it, and it's just the process is so enjoyable. So yes. I hope everyone can have some part of their life that they, you know, have something that they're committed to that makes them feel that way. But that doesn't mean that we ever stop learning because I'm constantly learning new things, realizing I don't know it at all, know it all and opening myself up to new experiences. And I would bet we're a kindred spirit in that. Absolutely. I am learning every day. I learn from the people I get to work with um, I, all the time. I'm, I'm gaining, you know, new perspectives and, and, you know, just learnings around ways that people can foster uh, healthy relationships. And I'm human just like everyone else. So when I take off my relationship coaching hat, I, I'm like you guys. I'm not infallible. I have the same challenges, which is why I think people feel like I, they can relate to a lot of the messages that I'm sharing with them. So a lot of times we don't even get to you. So while we're before we get into the the text, and I want to open the Oakland Heart Jeweler Talk and text line about relationships, 504-260-1870. The audience just always embraces Elizabeth Overstreet. Uh, every time we have her on, you go to elizabethoverstreet.com, correct? Yes, that's my website. If you guys want to just learn more about me, um, see where I am on the social media platforms, learn about the books and the articles I've written. Um, I've been doing this for a while now, and... I, you know, like I said, I just totally um, enjoyed the feedback. So I love coming on your show because I love the questions that people ask around relationships. Um, here's one to get us started. Um, I think my relationship is at the end. The holidays are here. Now's not the time to do it. Um, how do I, A, know if it is at the end, and B, um, how do I break the news? And is wow, there a good time for that? Yeah, I, you know... I think ending relationships, there's never really the perfect time to do that. But I do think before you decide to end the relationship, you should make sure that you're exhausting everything that you can. So have you tried to seek out counseling to get someone who's a third party who can help you maybe mediate through some things? Is it just a period in your relationship where you're having a difficult time? Because I think sometimes we look for a consistent feeling in our relationship Mm -hmm. all the time, and that's just not realistic. Um, my parents, I, like I always tell you, my parents were married 57 years, grandparents 40, uh, 60 years, and then aunts and uncles 40 plus years. And what I observed was that they had relationship ebbs and flows. They had some really difficult moments where I'm sure they thought about it would have been easier to walk away, but they really kept pushing through those moments and they were glad in the end. So before you end it, I just want you to make sure that you're really considering everything that's at stake, everything that you've invested in the relationship, that you've exhausted all your resources. Similar to like if we um, were we lost our job, right? We would start thinking of things of to do to like cut our costs, to, to regroup, uh, to look for other alternatives until we found a job. I think relationships are similar. You first want to kind of figure out, okay, are there things we can do? And then if all those things are exhausted, if you're in a situation where it's unhealthy, where there's like physical or emotional abuse, that's different, right? I feel like that's the black and white areas. Or if you're with someone that has a drug issue or a drinking issue and they're not willing to do anything, that's different. 
but just really make sure you're, you know, exhausting everything before you just exit, you know, the relationship. But that aside, those things aside, not every relationship can be talked through. Not every relationship can be worked out. There are people that just, for whatever reason, are not, I hate to say meant to be together, but talk me through that, Elizabeth. So I, I think there's a couple of things that you should consider. So, like, if you are not getting mutual effort, no matter what you've done to try to resolve through the issues, that is an impossible relationship, right, situation to be in because you can't handle the relationship on your own and you can't keep pulling through that relationship on your own. If you're with someone who's deceptive or not honest and you try to bring them through being more honest, but they just aren't and it's causing harm, to you in the relationship, that would, again, be a reason to exit the relationship. If someone is, you know, if you are in a committed relationship and um, you guys have said, okay, we're in this monogamous relationship and there's infidelity and say that you've maybe forgiven them before, but they keep doing the same behaviors. Those are, to me, genuine reasons to exit a, a relationship. Do you have to like somebody to love them? Ooh, that's a good question. I think like is such a a variable, like happiness is fleeting, Mm -hmm. (laughs) meaning that there's moments you can like someone, but then there's moments you don't like them, and then there's moments when you don't like them, you still love them, right? Mm -hmm. And there's moments you don't like them, and you're like, I really don't want to love them. So I I think, no, I don't think like is a necessity. I think that's another one of those surface feelings, because I think we have changes that we go through, um, and sometimes we could be really on the same even, you know, even path with someone we're with. And sometimes it could just feel like such a disconnect. And I think that's actually a normality to some relationships, honestly. Um, so, no, I don't think liking is always uh, the most important factor. How do you draw the line? And this goes to counseling because you don't want your counselor to be your advocate, right? You want the counselor to be the referee or do you want the counselor to be your advocate? Tell me about that. So I think, yeah, I think if you go to counseling thinking this person is going to prove everything I'm saying about my significant other, then you're going into counseling with the wrong mindset. I think counseling should be engaged in on both sides where you're looking to really bring awareness to things that are blind spots for you. I think the difficult part of being in a relationship is that you can't often see yourself clearly, which is why it's hard when you're in a relationship because you're exposed through this mirror of the other person and their perception of you. And it's not that the perception is always reality, but what the counselor can do is help you see things that you may have a hard time with acknowledging or being aware of or or wanting to, to, you know, confront. So counseling, you should be looking at it as not them just being an advocate, because that can happen. That could certainly happen, especially if you're with someone who just can't see or understand certain things and needs that help. But you should look at it as something that's mutually going to benefit your relationship for the long run. I have a text that just popped up that I don't know if I should. I'm going to tell you about it, and then we'll take a break, and then we can talk about it, okay? And it's long, but let me get through the gist of it. Basically, I think, and again, y'all, if you can keep the text short, because when— if you text a long message in and then somebody texts in, then it gets in the middle of yours and then it gets all fragmented. But basically what happened is they went through a bitter divorce. The wife accused the husband falsely of abusing the child, um, so much so that not only did the accuser's family believe them, but the accused 
families believed them or at least took their side of it, although it was a false charge from everything I'm reading here. But then they went to dinner on Saturday night, and this person is having a hard time getting past. Well, you know that didn't happen, but with the child, I guess, with the grown child, you know that didn't happen, but yet you've not corrected it. You've not apologized for it, and it makes no sense because if it had happened, why in the world would you want to sit at a table with somebody that abused your child and they don't know how to patch all of this up to, or, or put it all together? That's why I wanted to take a break and give you some time to work on that one because that is a mess, and I feel for whoever went through that because it's got to be tough. We're talking to Elizabeth Overstreet, relationship expert, love strategist, about what you're looking for love and want to keep relationship going strong. And I think when you go into counseling, you got to be willing to admit that you're not perfect to begin with, right? 504-260-1870. Give me your questions. I'll pass them along when we come back here on WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're talking to Elizabeth Overstreet, relationship relationship expert and love strategist. You can go to ElizabethOverstreet.com, and and I love this lady because she has a passion for what she does. It is intuitive for her. I think she is one of these people that she found what it was she was put on this earth to do. And with that being said, the person, the text that I read, they sent me an email to, I guess, flesh it out a little bit, and I'm just going to read it. Dear Tommy, years ago, my then-wife started—and look, Elizabeth, if this is not in your wheelhouse or you don't want to get involved, that's fine. I just—I asked people to text in, and they did. Dear Tommy, years ago, my then-wife started a custody battle over a 16-year-old and was so intent on, quote, winning, she accused me of abusing my child. She also got my family to join in the accusations. Oddly enough, her family stayed out of it. Now she's a de facto member of my family while we haven't spoken in 10 years. She knows it's not true. They know it's not true. Saturday night, to be nice, I went to dinner with my child and my ex-wife because my child wanted everybody to get together. I can't believe that she just sat there and pretended none of it happened. It was patently false, and she knows it was. My child told the judge and the family it wasn't true, and obviously if it was true, why would anyone want to go to dinner with somebody that they thought had abused their child? I don't think I can ever be in the same room with this person again, but I don't want to punish my child. Where do I go from here? Wow. Number one, that that is an incredibly tough situation. So my heart goes out to that person um, whose ex accused them falsely of doing something harmful to their child. I don't even know what that feels like, but that breaks my heart a little bit because that's just, that's horrible. Um, That being said, I would, you know, say to him a couple of things. I'm really proud that you went and had that dinner because your child wanted that dinner because you looked at the bigger picture, which is your child. So I would definitely remain as far away from that person that's related to your child that created that incident as as possible because it sounds like the child is older. I would focus on your own well-being. I hope you are seeking out someone that you can talk to about that because that is an incredibly hard thing emotionally to deal with. 
I mean, when someone breaks your trust and your reputation, and especially with your child, that could have completely killed your relationship with your child. That, that's huge. So I would encourage you to reach out and find a support system of someone you can talk to. And even if it means you writing a letter to that person that did that to you, but never sending it to them, but getting everything out of your mind about what you feel, because I could still feel the hurt from you and the anger just in the way you wrote it. Cause it is, it's unbelievable that someone would make a false accusation like that. That could have, that could have landed you in jail. That could have exactly. That's what I was thinking. Child. That that you're talking about possible things. criminal stuff there. You, you're talking criminal about criminal stuff. Uh, somebody's yeah. family lying potentially that could send them to jail. Yes. So I would never tell you that you have to be around that person because you don't. But I would say to prioritize your child, and I and I get why you did the dinner. So that was super kind of you. But definitely start thinking about your own well-being and getting the emotional support you need to get through it because you can forgive someone it doesn't mean that you're letting it go but it's, you're not harboring it inside and that and that's the important thing here because i don't want you to keep building this anger inside of you you have to find a healthy release for that so that's what i would say and as you say that, that another email pops up from the same person and says I would love to reconcile for my child's sake, but what do you do? Apologize for somebody falsely accusing you? That I don't know what they would do from here. I think I that's an incredible. I think that's incredible. We just talked about situations where sometimes I believe in relationships there are sunk investments, meaning that there are relationships you've invested a lot in and you've tried your best, and someone has done some things that are so detrimental you just can't recover from them. I don't think those are healthy situations to walk into because how can you trust that person you again? You could never trust. No, they, I don't see how they could ever trust them again because, you you know, that, what's next? Stealing the silverware? I mean, what? Right. Right? God yeah. bless you, whoever that is. God bless you. That's the, yes, yeah. yes. And I want to go back to one more question you had yeah. asked earlier about liking someone. So yeah. let me not be so extreme in that. I think if we think about people that we love, and let's go with family, we could love them, but there could be aspects of them we don't like. <laughs> right. But what we tend to do is we focus in on the things we do like. It doesn't mean we don't acknowledge or we don't hold them accountable for things we don't like. But I think if we look at things holistically in all of us, there are aspects in all our relationships of, of you know, facets of ourselves or someone else we have a relationship with where we're like, oh, that's not so desirable. And they're thinking the same thing about you. So I, I would just say that as a as a kind of a call out with the, the, the question I was asked of, like, can you love someone but not like them? Because I think there's degrees of it. Now, if you don't like them a lot, and I, I think the love could be hard to sustain, <laughs> right? But I just think we need to be, uh, you know, give grace because all of us have aspects of ourselves that aren't perfect, right? That aren't uh, great aspects that someone may not like. Somebody texts in here and says they've met somebody and everything seems to be going great. It's only been a couple of weeks, but... How, how do you know? How do you determine love at first sight from infatuation? And how do you know long term if there's any future here? I don't, I don't know, Elizabeth Overstreet, that you can put a time frame on this, can you? I don't think you can put a time frame on love. I think love is built up over time. I think time is a great revealer of people's characteristics and where they stand with you. You're a couple weeks in, so you pretty much are in that stage of probably infatuation and the, the highs of being around someone that you're enjoying their company, there's chemistry, you know, perhaps. And there is a thing of oxytocin and serotonin that happens to people in the early phases of relationships where you're literally getting a cuddle hormone or a feeling of bonding when you're with someone and there's good feelings exchanged. So 
love is partially blind at first because your feelings don't come down for a period of time. And then when they do, that's when we're like, wait a minute, I didn't notice this. What is this? Mm -hmm. You tend to overlook a lot of things in the early phases. So I would just say, take your time. Don't overthink it and just enjoy the process. I think we try to plan out too much sometimes what we think it should be or where it's going as opposed to just being in the present moment and enjoying it. Um, here's a text from somebody that says, I've been to online dating websites and everybody wants to hook up immediately, but <laughs> how, how can you do that when you don't even know what the other person is all about or anything about them? How can somebody be that no, intimate that I, quickly? I would say, yeah, I would say with online dating apps that you have to pace yourself and don't compromise your value. So understand what your value system is. Just because someone wants to hook up doesn't mean you have to hook up with them. You still have free will, you know, to make that decision. So just know in that online dating space, there are certain apps. You should research them. There are certain apps that are more known as B&D hookup apps. And there are some apps out there that are more so known for like, okay, I want to be in a committed relationship or I want to approach this person first versus them approaching me. So you need to figure out what you're comfortable with and find the dating app that aligns with your value system around dating. I think that will help you a lot. This is a question. I'm dating somebody. I want to tell them that I love them, but I'm afraid, and Seinfeld did an episode on this, I'm afraid that I'm not going to get I love you back. How do you know? Ooh, I have a, go ahead. Yeah, go no, ahead. No, you go no, ahead. You I'm, I'm here every day. I want to hear you. <laughs> well, I would just say don't be afraid to tell someone you love them. If you love them, you love them. I think we shouldn't always look at love as immediate getting that immediate reciprocity of someone saying, I love you back. They may not love you yet, and that's okay, but you've expressed it. You let them know where you stand, and that's vulnerability. And to me, that's a part of building love. And true story, I told my husband I loved him first. He just looked at me, he smiled, and he said, oh, wow, you know, <laughs> and we talked about it. I wasn't afraid of it, you know, and it. he loves me now, too. Like, it didn't spoil our relationship. It didn't defer anything or, or, or hurt our relationship, but I felt it in that moment, and I expressed it, and it, it didn't backfire in a bad way. So I don't want people to think if they express that they love someone and if the person doesn't say they love them back, that that's necessarily a bad thing because you don't want someone to say they love you just because either, right, or prematurely. Right. So you're just – that's the part of love. That's the vulnerability piece, and people have to be willing to take some of the risk, and that's some of the risk of being in love. And with that being said, somebody texts in and says, how much of a commitment is it when you tell somebody you love them? Mm, it just depends on how you weigh that commitment. Um, people – weigh that differently, you know, depending on what their expectations are. So before you even tell someone you love them, if you are that cautious, maybe you talk to them about what are some of their expectations in a committed relationship. When they are in love with someone, what does that relationship look like to them? Those are simple ways to kind of dial into seeing if you are on the same page, if you guys have an alignment on how you both see love, you know, affecting or impacting that relationship. Um, somebody else said they're afraid to say, I love you, because how do you know if you really love somebody? Oh, wow. I think, you know, that's the thing. Um, it's okay to have the feelings of trepidation because that's normal. I think it's, you know, how do you know you love someone? It really depends on the person. I mean, I can only speak personally for me. I know I love someone when I'm willing to put their interests ahead of mine. 
Um, huh. When it's like I don't overthink it. Like I just I want to make that person happy or I want to see them happy or I want to add joy to their life. But for someone else, love may look different. So I think you have to define to yourself, like, what is what does it feel like when I love someone? If you have a pet, what are you doing for that pet to show love? If you have a child, how do you show love to your child? I think these love is a similar thing, re- regardless of if it's romantic or not, the things that we do for that person. So that's really a, a self-defined uh, you know, situation. There are people that I love, and this may be a guy thing, I don't know, that I love and not just, you know, in a—I in a, um, uh, don't know what the word I'm thinking of is, in, in, in a uh, like a man-woman kind of love or that kind of love, but where I just love them, even, even people at work, and I'll tell them, I'll, I'd take a bullet for you, and that's the way I sincerely feel. Right. I guess that's a legitimate hallmark of love if you take a bullet for somebody and you're not being paid <laughs> to. Hey, that's 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 a deep love. I mean, yeah. I don't know if everyone would take a bullet for someone, but I mean, obviously, if you are willing to do that, that's the way that you're saying to someone, hey, I got you. I have you no matter what. That's that, what I hear you saying. That's the much. way I say I love you. My Instead of my I love yous, I say I'd take a bullet for you. And that means more because, you know, I love you means nothing. But if you're going to actually take a bullet, I don't say it. You know, offhandedly. I mean, Loosely, uh, before right. I say it, I say it's got to be truthful. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. 504-260-1870. Somebody else says they are trying to uh, make a New Year's resolution to find the right person in 2024. We'll ask Elizabeth Overstreet how to go about that. Somebody else said, this is kind of interesting, different numbers. I don't know if it's the same person or not, uh, same couple or not, but somebody else texted in and said, they're trying to make their marriage and last another year and stick it out. We'll talk about that when we return. 504-260-1870 if you have any questions. Uh, somebody else texted in. This one pops up. I just lost my wife over two months ago. When would be the right time to start a new relationship? And I will ask that person to text back. Um, was it a divorce or did she pass away or what were the circumstances? And I might help Elizabeth Overstreet advise you. Always fun when we talk to her. Elizabeth Overstreet, relationship expert, love strategist. And look, if everything you're hearing right now is being confirmed by Elizabeth, congratulations. Good for you. You got a healthy, happy relationship. Tommy Tucker back in a flash. WWL first, though. 937, 23 till 10. Traffic. 943, 17 before 10. I love our guest, Elizabeth Overstreet, relationship expert, love strategist. Whether you're looking for love or to keep your relationship going strong, Elizabeth Overstreet, nationally known ex- expert. Give us some dating and relationship advice for the new year. Uh, somebody texted in. Um, well, let's start with the second one first. The second one was they, they want to. Oh, oh, let me get to the first text. I'm sorry, Elizabeth. I'm going too fast here. Lost my wife just over two months ago. When would be the right time to start a new relationship? Passed away from cancer, married for 38 years, and that happened over two months ago. When is the right time? Oh, wow. So that really, you know, depends on each individual. I know some people who are widowed um, that I work with, and each person was different as far as their time frame of waiting to be in another relationship. One thing I found that seemed to be a consistent that helped these individuals was finding a support group of people who are fellow widowers. Um, because what that allows him to do, because if he had 38 years of marriage with his wife, that was a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. That's a lot to process that person not being there. And it could be easy to want to jump into another relationship and fill that gap. But this is also a time he needs to heal. 
So I think getting that emotional support through a support group or finding people in similar situations can help guide him through some of the feelings that he may be experiencing and figuring out when might be the right time to reenter dating and then what that looks like. Because it's been a long time since you dated if you were married 38 mm. years. Well, it's old. Things are a lot different now, right? So having that support group will really give the bridge. But the timing part, it looks different for everyone. Some people say some people say they won't ever remarry, right? Some people are like, I definitely know I want to have um, companionship again in my life. So really, that's a personal decision. But I would start with getting around people who've been through a similar situation to at least deal with the grief part because that's still very fresh, especially two months. But you can't you know, let two months ago. You can't let society dictate that or somebody's family dictate that. That's totally your decision, right? Whatever you're totally comfortable a personal, with. Yes, that's a ter- that's totally a personal decision. Because, like I said, the people I've seen and talked to and work with, that range. Some people quicker, some people later, some people never. Somebody, so it's just that's a yeah. It depends on the person. Somebody texted in and said they determined in 2024 to find the right person, stop messing around. I think they don't mean. I, I think they just mean. Uh, I don't think they, they, they're meaning, you know, um, being uh, whatever the word is, that, that they're just trying to find the right person. And, and could there be going something going wrong? You know, I was talking about Premier Automotive before. You go drive the car, you test drive it, you kick the tires, you see what appeals to you, what doesn't. Um, would, would you give somebody or how could you give somebody a checklist? I guess there has to be some physical attraction there, right? Going back to the car business, they call it curb qualifying where some people dress down and go go up to a car dealership because they want they don't want the salesman to know they have money or or just the opposite um how do you not curb qualify somebody or does there have to be some type of physical uh attraction there to begin with or or can you learn to get over that talk us through all of that elizabeth if you will so number So number one, kudos to you for saying like, look, I'm not messing around. I am going to be intentional. To me, mindset matters. So a lot of people I coach, the thing I see that derails people from getting to the right relationships is they're always like, there's, there's nobody good out here. It's hard. I know it's hard. I'm not negating that, but they're like, it's impossible. It's not impossible. So wait, let me jump in and ask you about a goal. Should you be goal oriented? Is it okay? I mean, cause some people think of, 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 you know, hard uh, love is cupids and uh, rainbows and ponies and all that stuff, but you should have a goal, I guess, right? Is it analogous to trying to find the right job? I, you look, when we go to look for a job or to get a skill, we're not passive about it. If we really want it, we go hard, right? We look at all, we uncover all angles, we research, we try to figure out what's going to align with what we like to do, What where can we make money, is this environment safe for me, does it feel good to be working with these people? And some for some reason, when it comes to relationship, we're analogous, like we don't put the same intention sometimes into the process. But to answer your question, the first thing is your mindset. Number one, so that was huge that the person's like, I'm not messing around. I'm going to be more intentional. But two, I think it's understanding who you are. I think that's even more important than knowing, like, you know, paying attention to the other side initially. Because if you don't define in yourself, like, what's important, you're going to go all over the place and you're going to waver based on the people that you meet. You're going to let them guide you as opposed to you having that internal guidance in yourself. I think number three is being intuitive. Like sometimes we know situations are situations that are ideal for us, but we still stick, we stick it out hoping for something different. Um, number four, the things you talked about, like what's attractive to you and looking beyond the surface, right? So 
what is the person, you know, their core values? Um, do you guys align? Are they spiritual like you? Or do they want children? Are they family oriented? Um, are they trustworthy? Are they funny? Are they humble? So you have to figure out the characteristics, too, that match up, not just the physical aspect. Somebody dated, uh, texted in here about Internet dating and said they feel as though when they put their profile up, um, it's not sexy enough or not catchy enough to get anybody's attention, but they don't want to lie about themselves either. Well, I've been doing research on this for a while, and what was really interesting is people, the traits that they're looking at over the physical attraction piece is people who are vulnerable, people that they feel emotionally safe with, people that they can communicate with, people that make them laugh. So I know I'm not going to sit here and say physical attraction is not important because it is a variable, but also there are some people that have such dynamic personalities and just wit about themselves that that can supersede them not being the number, you know, a, a rank to number 10. So I want people to know that, like, yes, you should do your best picture. If you can put on some makeup or you can look good in a picture because that is the first impression, I think that's important, not just for the other person, but so that you feel com comfortable and confident about yourself because confidence is something that people are attracted to as well. Um, then beyond that, I think it's developing the internal qualities. That's what keeps people to want. Pe that's what makes people want to stick with you in a relationship. So uh, you so need to be multifaceted. Somebody texted in: Are there different dating apps that would be better for men or women? It, again, I think you need to do your research. So, like I know for Hinge, they said it's a dating app that's designed to be deleted, meaning they want you to eventually leave the dating app. Well, um, what's the name e of it? Harmony Hinge. And, and, what's, and what's the of, idea on that? What did you say? So they, they say it's the app that is designed to be deleted. So in other words, people have to realize that the, the online dating app industry is a huge industry. Um, it's it's $4.2 billion that was spent wow. on that industry in 2021. Wow. So there's money in advertising and in your engagement. And, and so no some, and no uh, guarantee of anything, right? I mean. So I have to tell people this, and I don't want to break people's hearts, but less than 20% of people that go on online dating apps end up in committed relationships, either marriage, living together, or saying we're going to be in a committed relationship. I don't think you're breaking hearts. So, I think it's good consumer <laughs> advice. Go ahead. So I say that to say that I know we have this digital space of online dating and people really lean into it heavily because it feels convenient, similar to Amazon, right? We all love a prime delivery, sure. but the reality is there is life outside of the um, digital space. There's ways to meet people in real life still. And I think we're not using that hybrid approach and people are leaning too heavily on one thing versus diversifying their efforts. You know, the cynic in me said, I don't know, is this dating thing regulated by anybody in terms of responses? I don't or? know that part, but I, I do know I've heard stories from people that, like, you go from one dating app to another, it's the same people, mm -hmm. or sometimes their picture is somewhere and it's noted a certain way, and they're like, I didn't give, you know, approval for that. So because if you if, a marketing marketing piece to that, it. That's well. what I'm thinking, Elizabeth, because if you think about it, you're not really selling anything. You're not guaranteeing anything. You are collecting a whole mm -hmm. bunch of billions of dollars. A lot of data. Yeah, yeah. And, money. and data and money. That's yeah. exactly right. So and real engagement. quick, a minute, speaking of engagement, a minute before we have left, the best way for somebody to meet somebody, best ways to meet somebody other than online dating, if they're looking to, to meet a, their life partner. They're, yeah, I think do things that you like to do because that's where you can meet like-minded people. And so I think if you're into sports, 
and you're a female, that's a great way to meet males, you know, at sporting events. There's a, a website called Meetup where it just has a bunch of different activities that people have an interest in. So go towards the things you naturally are gravitated towards. And I think that's a good way to meet like-minded people. Also, when you're out and about, if you see someone that you think is attractive and you want to talk to, just say hello. You never know where that conversation can end. It's weird. That's become more creepy <laughs> than online dating. But I feel like that used to be a way people met met people. And then also leverage your networks, your friends and family. But you know, it, sometimes they, they do know people that could be compatible for you as well. So be open to all of those things. In this day and age, do you have to be terribly careful about what you say? Because you don't want to harass anybody, right? I mean, you have to be careful because we live in a different era but i think sometimes you could start a conversation just simply hello how are you doing how's your day going oh i i I noticed your watch that's a really nice watch you have on i don't think it has to be over the top but just subtle and then you look to see if there's cues that the person is open to engaging with you and then you can continue the conversation and i guess you look for the ring as well right absolutely you should be looking for the ring (laughs) and you should ask if there's not a ring because some people don't like wearing their ring yeah so, so how's your husband feel? How does your husband feel about that? How's your boyfriend feel about that? That that's always oh, a door opener, huh? About oh, no, no. Oh yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying with a question. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly. a good way. That's a good way. Thank yes. you, Elizabeth. A pleasure as always. Happy New Year to you. Okay. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you. You bet. You can go to elizabethoverstreet.com. Nine fifty four six till ten. Back in a flash on WWL. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.